Hey, this is Mal from the Riptoid Movement, and you're listening to the Dan Kyo Wellness Project Podcast.
Hey guys, welcome to the Dankyo Wellness Project podcast. That song, All Works Out, is from one of my favourite bands currently in Ireland and they are called the Riptide Movement and I am so delighted that their lead singer and songwriter Mal Tui has decided to join me on this week's pod. It's fitting that I'm releasing it today, the 21st of October, because that is the release date of their new album, which is entitled Ghosts. And they are having a celebratory gig to launch the podcast tonight in the Olympia Theatre, which I'm going to attend as well, thanks to Mal. So guys, I want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy this chat that I had with Mal Tui from the Riptide Movement. And all of your comments and feedback, as always, are welcome every week. You can get me at dankyowellnessproject at gmail.com, or you can just go to my Facebook page, Project. Again, thanks a million for listening in, and I really hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to the Dan Kyo Wellness Project podcast. Thank you to everybody who has listened so far on today's podcast. I'm just so pleased that Mal from the Riptide Movement has come on. And thank you, Mal, for your time. Thanks, Dan. Good to be on the show. <laughs> it's uh, It's been quite a whirlwind for me since April, talking to different individuals from loads of different areas about wellness. And in a way, wellness is such a broad term. Yeah. But... It's so individual, as I was, I was explaining to you before we came on today. Um, so I'll start off with the question that I always ask every person who comes on, and that is, Mal, what does wellness mean to you? Um, wellness means to me, I guess, um, your mental well-being is very important. Um, spiritually, um, it's your physical health, obviously, as well. Um, well, I think uh, happiness as well is 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 all part of that, and and family is a big is a big thing is is, is part so, of that. So yeah, I mean, that it's, you said the exact same thing as Danny actually from the Corona side, and that was like a balance between mental, physical, spiritual wellness. Yeah, yeah so it's exactly. really interesting as a fellow musician, to Danny that you would go straight into the mental and f- spiritual side of things. So would you be quite a spiritual person yourself? Um, I w- I'd say I will be spiritual, but not. Religious. Yeah. 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 So uh, I think most people of our age in Ireland are saying that now, aren't they? Cause, yeah. Because uh, we, we've had such a difficult time with the institutions over the past 20 years, 30 years, that a lot of us are kind of lost and maybe searching for that next step in spirituality. Yeah, because I think, um, I guess our parents' generation, like when, we, like when we were kids, we'd go to mass and stuff like that, but... Um, well, we'd be, twice a year, we be bunk, bunking <laughs> off from mass as well. Like, but uh, yeah, I think I think it's like something from a few generations back. Is um, mm. you know, it was it was obviously very uh, it's nearly institutionalised here in Ireland, and that yeah. was a big institution. Um, and I think I think like coming into like when I was a teenager, there was kind of a, a fall away from that. I guess definitely. And you know? how old are you now? Uh, thirty-four. Yeah, I'm thirty-five. Yeah. So we would have had it extremely similar experiences in terms of you know to remember your first communion your confirmation they were like the biggest things when you were growing up yeah and certainly when i was between i suppose well from when i was very young until i think around 12 or 13 it was a weekly thing mass yeah yeah and then it started i think that was when all the accusations started coming out about the catholic church and our parents well my parents certainly lost a lot of faith and yeah, just I, stopped I, going you know i think everyone's parents were kind yeah. of the same because um, i guess they, they had so much belief in something and then yeah. for that for them revelations come out kind of yeah you know, yeah it was massive. Really the waters, like you know so i think that our generation is 
I'm not, I don't want to use the word crisis because I don't think it's a crisis, but I think we've, in a way, been quite lucky, people of mine in your age and maybe 10 years younger, 10 years older, to be able to not have the shackles of that on us in order to look for something that will fulfill that side of us. Yeah, I, I think we've um, been given the freedom to kind of do that, you know, where it's, it's almost like you're not, it's a good age because you're not programmed yeah. into, for lack of a better word, you know, yeah. um, I guess it can be, well, brainwashed. Brain, yeah, maybe, yeah. Like, maybe brainwashed is a bit of a strong word, but, like, you know, if it's such a, a big institution that, and, you know, I think, uh, I think it's great that, that, that as you say, that, um, you have the opportunity. Yeah, you have the opportunity to find it yourself <coughs> and you weren't shackled by, yeah. you know, Catholic religion, I guess. Absolutely. And so, you are the front man of the Riptide movement and have been since 2006. Six. Yeah. 2006. Yeah. So this is your 10th anniversary with the band and it's been an unbelievable journey for you as I take it, has it? Yeah, it has. it's been a great journey, yeah. Um, we started in 2006 and we, I guess we were slowing up bringing out our first album. We brought out our first album in 2009, mm. independently released that and then we brought out uh, our second album, Keep On Keeping On, 2012. And then 2014, we signed a deal with Universal and released Getting Through with, with them. And yeah. now we're on our fourth album, Ghost. So it's been, it's been a good journey, uh, a long journey, yeah, testing journey, yeah. but uh, something that never changed. No, and I think that like the reason me and you were sitting here now is because, as I've said in all of my podcasts up to date, my main goal for having each guest on my podcast, it would be somebody who inspires me and you do inspire me you and the lads in the band inspire me because as I, we were speaking about this before we came on air and my first exposure to the riptide movement was when i was in work in temple bar yeah. and i was sitting down having a cup of coffee on my break and it was a lovely summer evening and the door or the window was open and there was this absolute banger of a tune now forgive me i can't remember what tune it was but in fairness it was seven years ago yeah but yeah absolute banger of a tune so I just stuck my head out the window and looked down into the square and uh, I said feck this I'm gonna go down and have a look so that was my first exposure and there was about 150 people standing around yeah, can you describe to, yeah. yeah can you describe to me because you became famous initially for the crowds that you attracted both on Grafton Street in Temple Bar in the different locations around Dublin yeah so as as a band for young fellows from Dublin who came together, obviously you wanted to release an album, but was that something that surprised you how popular you became as Buskers? Yeah, it was because um, it was, um, I guess it's interesting how the Busking even came about because we started in 2006 and we like we played a lot of venues all around the country. Right. And when we released our album in 2009, we thought, um, you know, we bring out the album and you know, media are just going to love us and it's going to be all over the radio and right. we're going to be the biggest band ever, you know. And when we brought the album out, we quickly realised that, you know, the media weren't interested at all in okay. us and we couldn't get any radio play or anything like that. So we um, we actually, two of the lads, Jerry and Gary, they were, they were walking through Grafton Street one day and they seen a band, I think it was... Um, Key Mew, West, maybe? Uh, not Key West, no, it was uh, Mewfish. They're oh, kind yeah. Of like a, they're kind of like a kind of tried world music band. Yeah. And, <coughs> excuse me. A massive crowds around them, was there? Massive crowds, but yeah. the interesting thing was, that, that caught, our, uh, caught our eye was that um, they were selling CDs. Ah, okay. Right, so so we went, no way, if we, you know, how are we supposed, we had the CDs in the shops and stuff, and, you know, our initial fan base, which, which was quite small at the time. Yeah. 
day with a boss, um, there could have been 50 or 60 sales from that yeah. fan base. You know? And they would have actually went into a shop and picked up a CD and bought a it. CD. Which nowadays, to most people who are listening to this, even people who grew up in the 70s and 80s and 80s and 90s like we did, it just seems so long ago, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And like, there, there's no record shops really left, even in, in Dublin. you know. Mm. And I was down in Limerick there during the week we were doing some promo for the album and they said they don't have a record shop down there. Like, so like... They don't have a record shop. They don't shop. full stop in, the, in, oh in Limerick, you know, which is which is crazy. I think they're opening up one across from Dowling's Warehouse now, okay. in a vinyl shop. But uh, yeah, it get back to um, the busking. So yeah. basically, we seen they were they, they were attracting huge crowds and yeah. they were you know moving lots of albums. We were thinking if we can't get radio play, people don't know who we are. Hmm. Why not bring it out onto the streets and then people want to buy an album, they can buy an album and you Just know, right from our hands. Right from our hands, yeah. So. We we went out and it, it started. Uh, we we didn't think we'd be out be out as long as we as we were. We ended up being out there for two two three years. We scrapped yeah. every Saturday, and um, yeah, we used to like we had it down like where we'd play, we play three songs and we had we had the three songs that we pick. Yeah. Um, that at the start we tried all different. Now you'd be playing through the whole album. Gotcha. We noticed that some songs connected with people and some songs didn't. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it, it, so I got to the stage where we had it down. Like, it was basically we start with Thieves in the gallery, then we play Keep On Keeping On, yeah. and then we play Hot Tramp. They were the three songs. And then you'd take a break, sell some records, <laughs> and go Turn again. The crowd again. So the crowd would recycle almost. All the time, yeah. So you do your three songs. We noticed they were the three that, like, it's like building them up. Yeah. Building the crowd up. Yeah, and yeah, we'd, yeah. we'd stop, like, really stop the street. Like, there'd be hundreds of people yeah. blocking the whole street. Oh. And, yeah, look, we'd sell, we'd go out and sell like 100, 200 albums yeah. easy on a, on a Saturday. And, we, you know, we'd go in at 6 o'clock in the morning and get the spot. Because, yeah. like, the best spot was across from Brown Thomas. So there'd be people still going home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's happened loads of times. Like, you know, and we'd, we'd be, we'd be uh, initially, like, what we used to do is we'd park the van um, around, like, we'd park it in one of the parking spaces way off Grafton Street. And, yeah. uh, and we'd sit there, like... At six o'clock in the morning, two of us like two, two we take it week on, week off, so two oh, okay. two get the spot and the other two roll in at twelve o'clock and then we play from twelve to two. Right. And then we'd uh, shoot off down to Galway or Cork or wherever. Wherever we you were playing. gigging that night, yeah. So that yeah. that kind of that got us through our early days really and I guess it wasn't just the selling of the CDs, it was getting the word out, it was honing our craft as well because particularly for performing, because yeah. it, it, when you're on the street if you're playing on the streets, you know, people are you know, busy going about their business or whatever. Yeah. And it's quite a compliment if they stop, you know. Yeah. It could be. And, and boy, like, boy, did they stop. Yeah, and they stop and, you know, boy, a CD. And then we got gigs like from, like, we, through Grafton Street, we got brought over to India, we got brought over to Russia. Yeah. Just from people yeah. buying CDs. And, Amazing. And you know what's interesting to me? Because that was around 2009, was 2009, it? 2009, yeah. So at, at that time. Or 12, yeah, yeah, so at that time, Facebook was just taken off yeah as yeah. well so Bebo was big at the time yeah. where you could put song lyrics on someone else's page and all that kind of stuff mm. Bebo was it when you started but I remember specifically around that time because I was away and I was in California and obviously yeah, cool. that's where that's where Facebook began and yeah. they, everybody was on it over there and I couldn't get my head around what this Facebook thing was and it's crazy to say now you know to even think of it not being yeah. there for both business and personal purposes but so I know you didn't plan it, but in a way, can you could you see the benefit of having that exposure on the street? And then smartphones came in with cameras, yeah, so definitely. they kind of happened parallel to each yeah, other, which must did. have been a great help and to you. Yeah, they worked together because you know, um, you know, people be spreading the word and putting videos up and stuff like that. And yeah, um, and then uh, yeah, that that was kind of the start. That's that's what got us going. And 
kind of helped us, you know, release the next album, which was Keep yeah. On Keeping On. And then after we released Keep On Keeping On, we, yeah. we kind of just started building up the venues. And That's amaz- and It's amazing to me to have watched that process. Yeah. from a distance obviously because me and you aren't friends outside of this yeah yes yeah, so we're friends now but outside of this a mutual friend connected us up yeah um so it has been amazing to watch that and the reason why i wanted to ask you on to the wellness project podcast is because everybody who listens to this hopefully week in week out they want to get something from the podcast as in little bits of advice or little bits get a bit of uh, knowledge from your experience yeah and other guests experience and they might say to themselves oh I might try that or I might try this because whilst music is your business yeah everybody who's listening to this podcast including me who's hosting it we all have goals we all have things that we want to do for me setting up a podcast was a massive goal yeah so what would what advice would you give to budding young musician musicians these days in terms of keeping the faith in what they're producing and just keeping on going yeah i think I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, basically, you know that's what kept us going. Like you kind of, if you love what you're doing, and you got love for it, and you believe in what you're doing, mm. you know. And then I guess if you, if you have, if you can just, if you can just like harness that and and just keep. Again, we got a song not to sound too corny, but keep on keeping on, and yes. that's, you know that's that's what we that's what we've done, and then that's what we continue to do. It's like. You know, you set a goal in front of you. You, you try and reach that goal, and then yeah. when you get there, it's it's baby steps, a yes. step at a time. Yeah. And I, and I think it's important just to break it down into small small parts. You know, it's really really good advice, I think, and it's something that every person I've spoken to who is a creative personality yeah. on the podcast has said. Set the goal. Yeah. Even the goal itself can be quite vague. Yeah. But you you do have to set it. And then you got to break it down into baby steps. That's it, yeah. Because um, otherwise it's going to be too over- overwhelming. Yeah, exactly. You know? But and also it, you yeah. might feel like you've failed at a certain point, but it's literally just a bump in the road. Yeah, and I think like... So how many times did that happen to you guys where you, where something happened and you were like, affect oh, this, but you took uh, a bit of time. Con- constantly. Like, that, yeah. That's just, it happens over and over and over again. And you just, you, like, it's just, it's just part of the process, you know. Um, for us, like, it's... Um, like this is our livelihood now. This is what we do, mm. and you know we 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 all we all had jobs and we all went to college and stuff, and and we just set that aside and yeah. and said you know this is what we want to do, and um we've been full time pretty much like the last five six years. Yeah, it's incredible. You know we're and it's you know it's gone from strength to strength, and I think I think once you commit yourself like that and yeah um obviously within reason you know people have different commitments and stuff, but uh, at the time for us we we didn't have like um, kids or yeah and stuff, so well the, any goal that you set doesn't have to be at the expense of everything else you want no, to do either no, no, <laughs> no, no, there has to be a balanced approach to balance, it and that's uh, yeah I think that's that's an important thing to remember is to find the balance because sometimes you can you can get too involved in what you're doing so it's very important to yeah so, to what, time and, so for you Mal what other areas of life would you say are important for you to have balance in other than your music uh well, music be a huge part, but fa- family is very important. Friends are very important. Yeah. Um, I guess lately I've kind of got back into like, well, not got back into it, eating well. I guess <laughs> when I was a kid, I would have been eating well at home. And yeah. When you move out, you just you're, you know eating crap and oh, yeah. and the usual stuff, you know, in your twenties and and 
and I suppose drinking a lot and all yeah. that kind of stuff. But then I guess I guess when you come into your thirties, you start kind of um, thinking about stuff a bit more. Definitely, yeah. like that's how I've come to this point of doing the, the podcast because it started with me gaining so much weight and eating so much shit and not exercising enough yeah. that it was crisis point in that regard. So I've got about three years under my belt now, two Perfect. three years of. Like we were saying earlier on, at at certain points I thought that, oh, what's the fucking point to do this anymore? I've, yeah. reached, I've reached a roadblock. But what I've managed to do is kind of see those roadblocks as not complete failures, but just adapting the way I'm exercising. Like getting injuries, that type of stuff. Yeah, or having yeah. a bad weekend where you do drink too much or you do eat too much, you know? Yeah. So it's interesting that that happens to you at the same time. It's something about the 30s, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's just become, you know, more mindful of stuff and more aware and you know mm-hmm. um you think a lot more you know it's like it's like you it's almost like a i'm saying awakening but it's like we, when you're when you're going through your 20s it's uh we have the rest of our lives yeah it's, yeah it's just it's and and uh stuff just you know it's just like you're you sort like you're on a train and you're just you know you're just doing everything and then and then it's like in your 20s you kind of take a step off the train for a minute and have a look and, yeah you know yeah. And uh, I guess I, I, I would have been a little overweight as well myself, um, maybe up until about two, three years ago. And, and what, then, what did you do to address that? Uh, it was just, it was, uh, I don't know if it was, it was even too conscious. I just started eating a bit better because I wanted to eat better because we've, yeah. we've eaten a lot of crap on the road and, yeah, and yeah. that. And then um, making more time for exercise and stuff. Mm. And stuff that I like, because like, I wouldn't be um, a big fan of the gym. I've, yeah. I've, I've tried it. And, and yeah. for me, it's... Uh, I don't get the same kick out of it as I yeah. would from AstroTurf or something, you know. Five oh, side play, football, playing ball, yeah. You know, yeah. five side football, I absolutely love yeah. it, you know. Yeah. And it just didn't feel like you're exercising, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a really important point as well, because a lot of people who I'm connected with who listen to the podcast as well, I would have met through my journey, as for want of a better word, but yeah. my process, my journey to weight loss and now training quite a lot at the moment. And really important point is you got to do something that you enjoy man oh it has to be it has to be like yeah. you said you won't you don't feel like yeah just, it just feel like exercise it's it, it, it's just good crackling it's good fun yeah. you know and uh and then like um i start trying well i'm very bad now on it but i start doing a bit of pitch and golf and stuff you know nice which is great as well and my brother does a lot of jogging he, he does marathons and stuff like that so does so, he ta- does he take you out yeah, I'm going with the old time when I'm here with you. Probably like trailer behind five you. to eight kilometers would be the most I, I do, you know. Yeah. But um I don't that's great, like a lot like we've got a park up there, Catchings Park and yeah. just there on the Liffey. Yeah, this is a great area for running. Oh it is it's yeah. lovely, yeah. yeah. And and that whole park is right on the Liffey Valley and it's yeah. just um just back there like yeah. Yeah. um So you yeah. found running to a certain extent, you had your Astro Turf yeah, yeah, just yeah, a, just a bit of a mixture, eating better. Yeah. Um, and um, it it sounds to me like it wasn't that much of a massive decision for you because you knew that it's something that you needed to do, so you just went with it and enjoyed it as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and again, um, you know, it's kind of kind of the thing over the space of a year. You know, like I guess I probably lost around two stone. It would have been about two stone overweight. Yeah, and over the process of a year, you just kind of see that kind of. And how have you felt since then? I just feel a lot better, more energy. Yeah. Um, I guess the only the only setback I had is I gave up cigarettes for two years. Oh, okay. I've gone back on them. Yeah. But again, I'm not going to beat myself up too much. Better just go yeah. right. I know I'll give them up again. Yeah, we're back to that whole roadblock thing again of 
don't let one like it, I don't want to say small thing because it's different for each individual yeah. what how how much something happening impacts you yeah but you can always keep going always definitely and uh, like even even I think if you have like a setback in, in anything that you're doing like if you're like whatever you're, you're aiming for whatever your goal is and, it, and if you have a setback I think it's important not to go always I fucked up here so yeah. that's it it's over so that's that's way too extreme and I think mm. it's very easy to fall into that trap like so you can just go no no well, I messed up so tomorrow's a new day I'm going to start I'm yeah. start fresh or, or maybe not tomorrow maybe it could be a week or two weeks so it's you, hard what, not to beat yourself up exactly what you're talking about there and it's something again that has come up as a team throughout a lot of the podcasts is having that presence having that awareness when something isn't going right because we could all be brilliantly aware in the moment when yeah. you're like a pig in shite you know yeah. things are going amazing but to be able to have that awareness to realize that okay things haven't gone the way i anticipated yeah and to be able to adapt take a deep breath and just go at it again definitely yeah it's such a skill i think yeah well, like well like it, it um i'm not saying i'm I'm great at it, so I, I try my best at it, and and you know it's kind of the look I try to have. Um, but it's definitely you get better at it as you go, I guess. You know. Yeah, but again, it's having <laughs> the awareness to develop it and get better at it. Yeah, it's something yeah. that I certainly didn't have for about twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. A, it wasn't until somebody told me that I could respond in a different way to this catastrophe. Yeah, as in, first of all, not calling it a catastrophe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very yeah. first thing, stop calling it a catastrophe. Yeah, so just giving it a lot of energy, aren't you? Like, well, that's you know, it. Exactly. Ener- the wrong energy. Yeah, exactly, know? and that then dictates what you're going to do next. Big time. What you're time. what you're going to think of next. It's only like I think it's like a, um, a lens, nearly. Mm. So if you if you if you, if you get into a negative top pattern, you know it's like them lenses get cloudier and cloudier. Mm. And if if you think positive positively, you're gonna them them lenses are gonna be clearer. I love that. Well, that, that's, that's I love why, that. That's, that's re- that that is nail on the head stuff there. Yeah. Because we all have our cameras, and we all know that moment where you have to you know get your jumper and wipe the lens because it's quite cloudy. Yeah. Yeah. But the idea that it gets cloudier and cloudier. Is a very brilliant anagram for yeah. Well, how your yeah, I, I think like like because um, I, I definitely definitely would have had bouts just like of you know um, getting into a negative spiral. Yeah, and that's just it. Just affects everything. It affects the way you look at things. It, mm. it, it affects um, situations you're in because you, you, it's like your it's like if, if, say if you go to a party or. You know, you go up and you spend time with your family or whatever. Mm. And if you're in a negative place, you're you're not you're not really taking in everything around you. Oh yeah, you're in your own head. You know, your head is cloudy. You're, yeah, and, and, <laughs> as and, well as the lens. Yeah, and you're your not, you're, you're, you're not there. You're not listening or stuff. And and but if if you can kind of stay in a positive mind frame and mm. and slow down, I think it's, I think it's really important to to like slow down and and try and not be so much in your head. Yeah. I completely agree with you because Cause you're missing everything around. Yeah, and I think that we think we are busier than we are a lot of the time. When yeah. actually, what we're busy with is fucking up our own thoughts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or yeah. letting our negative thoughts run riot instead of, as you said, take a moment, <laughs> take a deep breath, and say, "No, yeah, I'm gonna proceed differently here and wipe the fog off the lens." You know, sorry, yeah. I'm gonna keep going back to that analogy. I just thought it was brilliant. Yeah, there's a good one as well. I seen a. Uh, just uh, you were saying about Facebook. I've seen uh, there's like a, 
there's a an Indian and he was, he was saying to me he was saying to his son that basically I thought it was a great analogy that like you got two wolves in you you know like a positive and a negative okay or it could be a good or a good or an evil mm. have you heard this one have you no no and uh, he was saying and there, there's a there's a war inside in your in, in, in your in, in your head and in your soul or whatever and the son asks which one wins and he goes whichever one you feed I, nice. thought, I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, you're killing me, man. That's brilliant. Yeah, I thought, I thought that was a cool one, yeah. That yeah. is really cool. So it's, it is a, a process of energy that you were giving. Yeah, yeah. To, that's, it's a choice, basically. Yeah, and, and sometimes it might not feel like a choice, but it is a choice. I think that's a really relevant and important point as well. And far be it for me to be preaching on this podcast. I have my own uh, stuff that I'm still going through all of the time and Same always as, will do. Yeah, always yeah. will do. But... The trick about saying it's a choice is, as you said, when you're in that space, you don't know it's a choice, man. No, yeah, if someone yeah. tells you it's a choice when you're in that space, yeah, it's, they're getting the two-finger salute. <laughs> yeah, big time, big you know? time. Yeah. But what I've managed to do is, instead of giving the two-finger salute, is now I'm not going to be overjoyed in that moment. I'm still going to have that, need that hour maybe, or that hour and a half where I will journal or I will write some lyrics, or Fair I will me. play my guitar, or I'll do something to get out of, change whatever it is that I was doing in the immediate, immediately beforehand. Yeah. Change the headspace, go for a run, go for a walk, go lift some weights. Yeah. And every single time, I'm in a better position to say, yeah, yeah, you were right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a choice. And then it rebuilds your brain, doesn't it? Like, when you go out yeah. and do the exercise, or, as you say, well, like, for me, music is just... Uh, I, I do find that like it's um, if if you're in a if you're in a bad place or you know it don't have to be in a bad place, it's a good place too. Like, but mm. it's a, it's a great um, medium for you know you can kind of sit down and and kind of get inside the music and slows your whole thinking down, relaxes you, mm. and then you can. It's almost like a self medication. Yeah. You can, or self meditation. Self meditation too. Yeah, yeah. Like, Could you describe that process a little bit uh, more then? Because I think that's. A lot of people who are interested in your story and your outlook on wellness in yeah. relation to the Dankyo Wellness Project podcast will be really interested in your creative process and how that impacts you in a positive way. So what happens? Like You don't obviously yeah. have to be in grey form or bad form. What happens when you sit down to create? Yeah, generally, it's uh, <coughs> for me, it's always kind of like, um, I guess, like a kind of um, like a feeling where you go, I have to, I have to grab the guitar, I have to... You know, grab the keyboard or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 it just like you're playing, you're like you're just messing around for five, maybe ten minutes, and then you, something starts happening, like, and you, you go, you like, you kind of go, oh, that sounds really cool or whatever. Yeah. And then and then you don't, particularly with, with melodies. I, I love to write for melodies. Okay. That's like more, that's like, your starting point, doesn't that's it? That's my starting point. And uh, I was at um, a writers retreat there in, in uh, England. A few months ago, it was the first first time I ever did it. I, I bumped into a writer called um, Catherine Williams, and she's she's wrote like thirteen albums, and she writes with everybody. And she right. she taught me really cool techniques. To, like, or, yeah. yeah, to learn learn some new techniques. So when I went over there. I met all these like uh, songwriters from different bands, and yeah, and and they had all the different processes as well. And, and everybody's I, completely individual, was it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of them. Everyone's got their own like kind of quirks and ways of doing it. And uh, I noticed a lot of a lot of the writers there worked from the starting point of where they'd have a lyric or a, ah, or a topic okay. where they'd actually have the lyrics first and then put the lyrics to the music. Ah, okay. But I, I do, I, I would do 
mostly the other way around. Like I might have like a, a certain uh, topic or issue and an idea, an like idea, the, and, yeah, and you yeah. go, "Cool, I'll, I'll work on and build on that." But uh, generally, you like to kind of find a melody, and then kind of, um, I guess, try and feel out what kind of emotion that melody um, is saying. Okay. And then I try and I try and um, like find the uh, the idea or the the kind of thing I want to talk about to fit into that that mood or that right. melody, and okay. then I work from that point of view. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does absolutely. So it's kind of yeah. So that's a, that's the that's the blossoming of the creative process for you. Yeah, and and then like you have like loads loads of them, and, and like you record them on I record them on my iPhone. Yeah, and then you listen back and you go, oh, that's crap, or that's crap, that's crap, <laughs> oh, that's good, I like that, and yeah. it could be just a turn of phrase, or, yeah. or, or something that, that you lock into, and you go, no way, that's the hook. Well, that's, in, that's interesting you should say that, because I interviewed Fred Cook, you know, comedian Fred Cook, he's yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the funniest men I've ever met, we ha- we also had tea in my place, and uh, a few biscuits as well, we were talking about the cr- his creative process, obviously, he is actually a musician as well. I don't know if you're aware, but he uses a lot of music in his comedy. In his shows, yeah, yeah. And oh, yeah, I've seen him with Tommy Turner now. Yeah, and he supports Tommy, yeah. he supports Tommy. Actually, yeah. he's supporting Tommy on his uh, national tour at the moment. But <laughs> what he spoke quite eloquently about was that process of just writing. Yeah. Not writing for telly. Not writing for stage. Just doing loads and loads and loads. And he said a similar thing about. Shite, shite, shite. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not yeah. bad. So you nearly have to overdo it, he was telling me. To, overdo to, your creative process. Do it as much as with every passing minute. If you're on a bus, like you were saying, Mal, with your iPhone, you know, yeah. every idea that you have, put it somewhere. Don't let it go to waste. And then pick the good. Get the diamond from the rough nearly. It, it definitely, yeah. And I like even, um, like, I'd be, I'd be having a conversation with, like, Someone on, and then I just I got to go. Sorry, like an idea has to pop into. I love that. And you pull your phone out. Yeah, I, I used to be embarrassed about that, but then, but then I was losing lots of ideas, so I was thinking, no, yeah. no, I'm not, fuck this. Yeah, I, exactly. Like, like, like people, if they think I'm strange, so, so be it. Who cares? Who cares? There's a song not, in that as well. There's a great idea in this, so I'm, I, you know, I have to jump on it, you know, and yeah, particularly I, I find sometimes if you have a few drinks on you as well. Mm. Um, you need to get stuff down quick because you'll forget it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's... Now, that's, be honest now, have you written your best music with a few beers on board or without a few um, beers on board? What would you say? I'd because say, I find say, that it, it definitely it definitely gives me the stirring of creative juices, uh, it, even it, it after just helps. one beer or something like that. Yeah, know? yeah, it definitely helps. That, um, no, I would, t- I would say, um, like, I would write a lot of stuff, like, sober, definitely, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, probably most most of my stuff. Yeah. Uh, hungover is a is a is a good place as well because you're in a, yeah, because you're in a. <laughs> See, you're this in is a, the stuff you don't hear on normal podcasts. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I'm not promoting drinking by any means. Um, moderation, but, uh, people, modera- moderation, moderation. But but no, but definitely, definitely, there's there's something in that space when you're when when you're hungover in a, a different yeah. mindset. And that I wrote some songs that way, and mm. and then obviously wrote some stuff when I was when I was drunk as well that's but, uh, it but no but generally generally I, I would write a lot and, and uh, it's whenever I get time like uh, and that's like as you see I have, I have the keyboard set up here in the yes. kitchen yeah. and I have a guitar there so basically I, I like to have like I can walk through to hand yeah, yeah. so like yeah. I could be cooking dinner there and I get an idea and I can jump I can jump yeah. like, so it's not like 
I have to go to a certain place to, to yeah. play. Yeah. It's always there when I'm in in the house because I think I think if it's like right, I have to go into a certain room and I have to mm. plug everything in. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like it's the like, space has to be created, surely, to a certain extent. To to a certain extent, but yeah. I, I I do find that could be nearly like a a chore then because you're gonna oh, have to go in, I have to plug this in. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. If, if you have to do all of those things, it's gonna just impede you. So you set yourself up. Yeah, for so success like, essentially. Yeah, so so I, I do find it like um, if I had the keyboard in the room and I don't play it half as much when it's in the. Yeah, in the bedroom. But when when I have it out here in the in the kitchen, yeah. I'm playing. I'm feeling so inspired by you right now. I just want to name that <laughs> while we're recording <laughs> the podcast because I am launching Danke Wellness Project as uh, as a website soon, and obviously I dabble in a little bit of creative music writing, that type of thing. But yeah. what everything that you've just said there is ringing true to me because I know how much better I feel when I'm creating. Yeah. When I'm productive. Yeah. I don't have that process of, I, I have ideas all the time, whether it's for a blog, whether it's for college, whether it's for an idea in work, you know, with Focus Ireland that I'm doing at the moment. And whether I've had a few beers or not, they're gone. Yeah. Do you yeah. know, so I really love that process that you've described of saying, actually, hang on there for a second, um, Michael D. Higgins. I'm just going <laughs> to pull out my Oh. Yeah, but you yeah. know what I'm saying, yeah, like, and not yeah. and not being embarrassed about that, I think is uh, yeah, cause is something that you some of these ideas are like they're like uh, I, I like to like going back into analogies again, but it's like uh, it's like a, a, an autumn day and there's leaves blowing off the the tree left, right, and center, mm. and you have a net or a bag and you're just trying to catch them, and that's <laughs> that's like ideas, you know, yeah. they're flying they're flying all over the place, and, they, and if you're wearing them, yeah, and you, you know they're just fleeting glimpses, so you have to grab them. Yeah, and that could turn into a song called Catching Leaves or something like that. Okay. You know, that's the song now, Dan. Do you want us to pause so you can... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Maz just got over to his uh, piano there. No, but I'm really inspired by that, Mal, really. And I think, um, I don't know if you're obviously, this is what you do for a living. So do you, would you mirror my feeling of wellness and happiness when you're productive, when you are... It's it's nearly like I'm more aligned with myself because I'm doing something. I'm taking an action that's bringing me closer to what it is I want to do. Yeah, definitely. definitely. What I'm supposed to be doing, I suppose, is another way of putting it. Definitely, yeah, yeah. So that that's something that I think the listeners could take away from this podcast today is, well, the hardest part is deciding what it is that is your goal, I think. Yeah. And a very difficult part is deciding what you're going for. Putting the baby steps into place is nearly easier than making the initial decision because there's a lot of fear involved in that yeah, decision. Yeah, and I, I, I think as well, um, you know, there's nothing wrong with not knowing what you want to do either. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like I love music, and I'm sure there's other stuff I want to do as well, but I'm still trying to figure out what it is. Yeah. You know, and I, I think I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with not knowing what you want to do, but I think it's important to just throw yourself into certain things. Right, so it, it, there's nothing wrong with it, as long as it's not holding you back from being open to other things. Exactly, like, so, like, say you, you have no idea what you want to do. Yeah. You know, maybe look at something that that you think you might like like to do yeah. and then just try yourself something in something that piques your interest yeah just, just even piques your interest try yourself in um, talk to people who are doing it right now exactly and then you, you might hate it and put you in and control yourself into something else exactly at least you know then yeah and then God knows where that will lead you that could lead you somewhere else yeah. and somewhere else and yeah. you know I know Tony Robbins is a really famous life coach and from the States and I saw him in the 
convention centre at the Pendulum Summit there at the start of the year. Yeah. And what he talks about is, look, nothing's going to happen unless you take action. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? You know, yeah. fear is a liar. He, he comes out with all these gems, you know, talk about, well, your analogies are amazing today, Mal, but he comes out with unbelievable analogies and gems like that as well. Yeah. So to be able to just dip your toe into things, I think. Yeah. That's and that's going to either, you're going to learn from it or love it. Yeah, exactly, and or or you might, yeah, exactly, you might hate it, but then you can just jump on something else. But I, I, um, uh, but our new album got, or particularly our new album that's coming out, uh, we've got a song to start because the album's kind of all about, um, I guess, kind of spirituality and and kind of and change and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So it's kind of, Mm. um, I can't wait to hear it. It's out October twenty first. The twenty first, yeah. So that's when. Uh, when he contacted me, it was there, you know, this actually, I think it's something I like to do because it kind of ties in with our, with our album as well. And we got like, uh, the, the first song of the album is called In a Heartbeat. Okay. And the first line in the song is, it won't change if we don't change it. Right. And I think that's a real powerful, uh, per- a powerful statement because uh, yeah. I was in the States two years ago and uh, we were all out for dinner with my uncle and he, he said, no change equals no change. Yeah, and I, I just I just found that really profound. Such a small thing to say, yeah. but it really kind of made an impact. Oh, on absolutely! Me. And that small little thing that he said made it into the first line of your new album that you recorded in El Paso. Yeah, in, in Texas. In Texas. Yeah. yeah. Tell me about that experience. Like, how did it happen that you <laughs> you left Luke and, and ended up in El Paso recording your fourth album? Yeah, we. Um, our producer, the way we did, we done an album with our, um, a producer called Ted Hutt. He's a great guy. We done our, our last album, getting through with him, and um, he he was on with the studio when we were doing when we were doing the last album. We mm. done that one down in Grace Lodge, and we said, you know, if, if we get to make another album, we're gonna go out there and do it. Yeah. And it's like it's it's an unbelievable. What was studio. it like? What was it like being there? The heat. So. It's um. It actually wasn't that. It wasn't that hot because we went in January, so we were there for oh, January okay. and February. But it, it was like warm enough. But um, we're we're basically right on the Mexican border with uh, Juarez. Yeah. So um, just about, about half an hour from El Paso, and it's the biggest re- residential studio in the world. It's called Sonic Ranch. Right. It's on this thirty thousand acre peaking farm, and he's got like uh, the guy there, Tony. He's got these tree studios and. Um, it's like something. It's like, do you ever watch The Walking Dead or yeah. or Breaking Bad? It's kind of yeah. that, that kind of vibe. Well, the Breaking Bad was what was in the back of my mind when you were describing El Paso. I'm like thinking, oh, is that is that near Albuquerque? It, yeah, yeah. Because um, we're quite it's quite close to New Mexico. New Mexico. Ah, okay. So, yeah. Uh, I think that's where it's, Albuquerque's in New Mexico. I think yeah, that's where it's shot. That's right. Yeah. So the landscape is very like that, and um, yeah, it was just like it, it was last year. They got like the best. Like it's like a musical sweet shop. They got yeah, like five or six different types of pianos, baby grand pianos. They yeah. got like every guitar you can think of, every guitar amp. Like it's just like Charlie and the Music Factory. Just amazing, yeah. And it's right <laughs> in the middle of the desert out, out in um, oh, Texas. Man. And so you just left in the freezing cold of Ireland, flew over to El Paso in January this year. Yeah, yeah. Just spent just two months year, recording. Spent two months out there did you do any more writing out there? Did, yeah, we did. Were you inspired by the place. Yeah, very inspired by it. Like, cause it, it's it, it's hard not to like. There's um. It's just a kind of surreal place. Like, I mean, when you walk out the front door of the studio, there's like this, like, uh, great big uh, railway line just right. on the horizon, and you know, big freight trains passing past or passing through. Amazing. Um, and then like, you take some walks up there, and and there's uh, I think it's the the, t- 
Tigway Indians. Okay. You can find all their pottery and stuff is still up there because that's where they used to. Ah. That's where they used to camp, like you know. So yeah, um, it's got a really, it's got really kind of cool, cool that's history brilliant. and kind of vibe there, you know. And um, quite, you know, you hear coyotes at night time, and they got these things called um, called um, the hunt, the hunt, because uh, they got tarantulas over there, you know. Oh yeah, but they were, they were hibernating when we were there. But it's got these like uh, huntsmen's. Uh, no, they're like they're like um. They're like a type of dragonfly, but they hunt um, tarantulas. So these things are massive. Oh my god! Are they the size of your like, hand? Yeah, they're like the bats. They're like oh, bats now. Yeah, yeah. And then you got coyotes, and you got like rattlesnakes, and it's just a surreal yeah. place. So they seeing them inspired the song on your new album called "Oh Fuck 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 Get Away <laughs> From Me Fuck Bollocks." Yeah. <laughs> big time, man! Yeah, big time. Um, so you found it quite inspiring being over there like uh, we, what we would you say about being in some a place that was completely <coughs> alien to what you were used to like did you find that that was a positive thing in terms of recording the album yeah we like, found like uh, we all did that you know you're kind of taking yourself out of your surroundings and then you're messing yourself that's that's kind of the way we've done it or the last few albums we've done even in the, in the whole writing process like like we, we come up with the ideas at home ourselves, yeah. and then you, we we, uh, we all meet up like so. Like last year, we would have been we would have been touring quite heavily. And any okay. week we'd we'd get off, we'd uh, we'd rent a house down and we start down in Bay and Kerry. So oh, we yeah. rent a house at Airbnb, clear out all the furniture, moving all the the, the gear, the gear, set up and um, and then and right for the week. That's class. So we do that. We done like three weeks that. We went down to another place in Kerry. Um, what's it called? Ali Fanan. Oh yeah. Done a week there, and then we went to Ballin' Clash in Wicklow, right. and then we went over to El Paso to finish it. Yeah. And then for the last album, then we would have wrote that in Winterberg in Germany. Okay. Isolated right. place as well. Amazing. Um, in Westport, the second half of it was done, and then we recorded down in Grouse Lodge. And the album before that, Keep On Keeping On, we wrote that Carcass on in France. Ah, okay. So it Again, had, it's been something that has been part of your process for a number of years now. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a process of getting away outside your surroundings. Um, Obviously, coming to the plate with some ideas, so it's a good, good place yeah. to start to have a few ideas, and then that knocks on to the more ideas. And, and it grows and it grows. It grows and it grows, and, it grows and, and you know, um, the lads are great. We, we all bring our ideas together. And, and you seem to get on really well in the band. Yeah, we do. Well, we, I don't know why I think that. Well, we just we know each other since we're, we're, yeah. we're kids. Well, that's know? it. The relationship right. is there. and Yeah, it's almost like a, I guess, like a, a brotherly relationship, yeah. you know, because yeah. uh, I've known JP since he was four. We went to the primary school across the world yeah. there, St. Mary's. Um, Jerry, the bass player, his brother Brenny would have been um, in our class, That's so mad. we'd be good good friends with the with Jerry's family, the whole yeah. family. And then Gar went to my secondary school. Oh, okay, he was the drummer. So um, yeah, we know each other. Years Do you know years. what it is? I think I think it is because <laughs> I've seen you live so many times. Seen you at Independent Sea Sessions, um, Electric Picnic, yeah, and in the Olympia. I think it was Vicker Street once as well. Was there an album launch there or something? There was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So last two years ago, yeah. yeah. So I think it's because of how you are together on stage. Yeah, you can't fake that. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. see loads of bands around, not just Ireland, all over the world. That you know that they've been told, make it look like he's get on, will you? No, I don't know why I just did. Uh, call him <laughs> meanie nice. there yeah. but make it their manager would say you know make it look like he's got on but you guys just have that and it must be because obviously you've known each other for a long time but also the connection through the busking as well yeah I, I think we've been through a lot together as a band over the 10 years so we've as I said we've we've been out at 6 o'clock in the morning we've toured all over the UK and 
up mm. and down Europe and yeah. um, we've we've fell down all the pitfalls together, we've 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 had all the highs together. Mm. So it's uh So do you think I mean, you've reached a really nice balance now with each other that's definitely like it just it, works. Yeah, it just works like because um like we're comfortable enough if if, if if one of us is pissing each other off, we'll we'll say it, you know. Mm. And we 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 rarely like we I don't think we've even ever had a, had a row or yeah. proper argument, you know, because we love taking the piss out of each other, <laughs> and slag each other all the time. A wonderfully that's, Irish thing. Yeah, yeah, well, it keeps it, us blinded. It does, I think, you know, and and, uh, and then of course you know when to step back, you're pushing, you know, yeah. you're pushing too far or whatever. But uh, no, no, we get on really well, and you know we've been together as about ten years. We're still. And going. there's loads of trust between you, so I mean, you know. That that's what holds relationships together. It's the glue that brings us together. Is trusting each other, being honest with one another. Yeah, as you said. yeah. And I think I think um, you know I guess with a lot of bands, if they get instant success, mm. they you know they're hitting a the good time straight away, maybe. And you know they mightn't have that foundation of being yeah. you know going through the bad stuff yeah. and the good stuff together because it kind of it kind of grounds you. Yeah. And then you kind of have it like a a solid platform to build from well that's it and you could be describing any relationship in my opinion yeah professional personal you know not just the relationship between the bandmates with the riptide movement but it's how you navigate those difficult and challenging times with your partner with your friends with whoever but also with yourself yeah yeah, you know because a big part of wellness and to bring it back around to to bring our discussion back around to uh, the wellness aspect of you know, yeah, no, but the, the, the biggest, the most important thing that will determine, I think, how you do manage to catch yourself in a negative thought pattern and move forward, taking yourself out of it, is how much you trust yourself. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. that takes work. Like every relationship takes work. The relationship you have with yourself takes work. Yeah, well, and we I, should dedicate ourselves to that, I think. Yeah, I, I think. Um, I think it's a life. It's like a lifelong thing. Mm. You know, um, I don't. I don't seem to have any of the answers or anything. You know, I'm just. I'm just giving my my views on on how I see things. And um, I know personally for me, even getting to know myself is. I'm only really getting to know myself now. Mm. You know, and I, I think that's going to go on for. Yeah. For as long as I'm here on, on planet Earth. Absolutely, you know? and I think that's. It's just so important, and obviously, as we mentioned earlier, we're very similar age, and I don't know we've got such different life experiences, but I'm also just finding that. Yeah. But it was a decision that yeah. I made as well. Like we had the, as you described it brilliantly, the, the twenties train. Yeah. And yeah. then we just, we got up, we pulled the cord and got off and kind of looked at the bleeding state of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it's like, I think, I, I guess most people are, are like that. Or like, you know, it's yeah. your twenties your are meant to be. And I, I guess like even your thirties as well, like, you know, you're you're meant to have fun, and you're meant to kind of, you know, and, and like I'm, just, I'm not saying I'm not having fun now, but it's just you kind of see things a little different. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and it's all about changing phases in your life. You know. Yeah, because because that, that but you get old, doesn't it? Like, well, yeah, no, exactly. stuff that you, you used to buzz off and you used to live for, <coughs> yeah, gets old and gets boring yeah. almost, and then you go, no, I want something else that kind of exactly. You know, but every all the hard work that you and I are doing for ourselves at the moment will hold us in really 
as long as we keep it up now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll hold us in really good stead when kids do come, when, you know, different things start happening in our lives where we have opportunities for different things. Yeah. We'll have learned so much from this initial part of our 30s. Definitely. And um, I, I, I think I've learned as well, like just getting back to family, I've learned like, and um, Christine, my girlfriend, she, she does um, Reiki. It's oh, okay. like energy healing. Mm. And uh, my mom does that as well. And she she does life coaching and stuff like that as well. Okay. And so, you does know, she want to come on to a wellness project podcast? I'm sure, she, I'm sure she loved it, yeah. <laughs> Big time, yeah, I'd say she would. Um, so, she, um, there was always kind of books like that around the house when we, when we were younger, you okay. know. Uh, you know, chicken soup for the soul yes. and all this, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I know it well. And then my. Um, feel the fear and do it anyway. Feel the fear and do it anyway, yeah, yeah. Oh, great stuff, like, oh, you know, magic. so. Uh, you'd always kind of have them books around the house which are you know they're always an interesting read yeah. uh, and then another thing I found really interesting was uh, I've got a, a cousin called, called Martina and she's into uh, NLP oh okay and she has a practice down in Tipperary in a it's near Clamell there mm. it's down that direction anyway that's powerful stuff <laughs> it's very powerful stuff yeah and um, I mean you know the power of language in terms of it's what you do for a living yeah you yeah. write music with words with language that touches people beyond what you could even imagine yeah it's insane dynamic with NLP talking about the, the impact of language yeah yeah big time and and, uh, and then even because um, I, 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 um, I I got on very well with Martina and uh, like she I was I was I was down with her and, and she was kind of showing us the different stuff that she does mm. and I just I just found it amazing that like a lot of, like it actually blew my mind because a lot of the stu- a lot of the way a lot of the ways we deal with stuff now is learned from mm. when we were kids yeah you know and so if you dealt with a certain situation as a an eight year old say mm. or a nine year old yeah you could be still that's the, that's the only way you knew how at that age yeah. so now in your thirties. You could be still dealing with situations similar to that yeah. with the mindset of an eight or nine year old. Absolutely. And that just blew my mind. It is mind blowing. And as I mentioned to you before we came on air, I'm training to be a psychotherapist and counsellor. Yeah. And it's a, from a humanistic perspective. So, psychotherapy in the manner that we are learning it is all about our early experiences. Yeah. And exactly like you said, to. First of all, we have to have our own therapy throughout doing the course and onwards throughout practicing as psychotherapists, which gives us great insights into ourselves. Yeah. And that has been my biggest learning personally since big re- restarting therapy at the start of a course last year is I'm still a little young for it. Yeah, yeah. In everything that I do. Yeah. But it's to learn to not be hard on that young for it. Do you know, and maybe say if you're going to, if you are responding in a negative way to something, or you're, remember you're saying earlier about beating yourself up too much. Yeah. Put your arm around the shoulder a little bit and don't be embarrassed about it. But yeah, big time. Big what you're time, saying yeah. is so important, I think. Yeah, well, I, um, like, I did, I, I've been lucky enough to, uh, to, that I have people in my family that kind of are involved in this kind of mm. stuff and, and then it, I kind of get a little in, insight into what they do and, yeah. and uh, you know it's somewhat scary like as well because you go yeah. I'm not ready to take these steps or them steps you know <laughs> back off yeah yeah but it's 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 great but that, it's available it's to you available if you there. want to and, and you can, seem to be very open to it as well which is also on your side yeah and I, I, I think um, if you 
I guess um, do it in your own comfort, you know, yeah. your own space. Like, so mm. you, you do it at your own pace. I think that's important. See, absolutely. And my hope with this podcast, when it does blow up and there's millions of downloads eventually, that people will think to themselves, oh, I never heard of that. Yeah. I'll just Google it or something. Yeah, yeah. And then we're back to the awareness thing. You, the, you know, the dynamic of being aware of things. There's so many things that still blow my mind that I thought, I thought that there's nothing else in this area of wellness and psychotherapy and NLP that yeah. I hadn't heard of. And even in the last few weeks in my lectures, I'm kind of going, oh, that's class. Yeah, I never yeah. knew that. Yeah. So to have an open mind, and I hope that people who are listening to this episode and all the other episodes will kind of think, I'm so glad that I listened to that because now I can make a choice to take action to make myself feel a bit better. And that's the whole point of it. That's so it. thank you for saying that because I think it's a really important point. Yeah, yeah. Um, big time, yeah. Just have an openness and just go for it. Yeah, yeah, and just, and, you know, um, like, obviously, fear is a big factor in everything, mm. you know. Um, but, like, baby steps. Yeah. Like, like uh, me and myself, I've, I've, only, I've only took the first step. And, and, I love and that you're saying that. It's yeah. something that I'm really interested in, and I'm going <clears> to <throat> get further into it, the, I suppose, the older I get, yeah. when I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. And not a moment before. Not a moment before, no. Well, listen, Mal, the album is called Ghosts. Yeah. It's out. It's October, 21st, 21st of October in Ireland or worldwide? Uh, in Ireland for 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 the time being, and then we're hoping to get out worldwide from January. Because a lot of the listeners will be from Canada, UK, over in the States. You can access a lot of Riptide stuff on Spotify. Yeah, Spotify and iTunes. And iTunes and YouTube. Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I just want to say a massive thanks for your time, man. It's been really, really nice. Um, I'm really inspired now <laughs> after Cheers, an hour man. talking to you. Um, and I am gonna spend my drive home now talking ideas into my voice memos. Oh, right, and that's right. something that I've taken from this podcast, and I really appreciate your time. So, um, best of luck with the album. Yeah, thanks for uh, having us on the podcast, and uh, yeah, no I think it's. It's fantastic what you're doing. Thanks, and, buddy. Uh, Thanks. It will blow up, I'm sure. Cheers, buddy. Yeah. Well, I, I hope your 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 audience likes it as well, and it's I, I think it's really important. You know, as I said, to, I've I've interviewed lots of musicians and people who DJs that type of thing who wouldn't necessarily talk about this stuff a lot. Yeah. So what I hope I'm bringing to the table is an opportunity for people to hear what Mal's about, <laughs> and not yeah. just the music. You know, there's it's, so it's, much more than the music. Yeah, definitely, and I, I think. Uh, I think it's pretty cool what you're doing because uh, the interview, it's a different kind of uh, mm. interview or time an interview, it's a conversation, yeah. Yeah. you know, and uh, yeah, it's, it's very enjoyable and best of luck with it. I'm sure you're going to do great with it. You know? Cheers, buddy. Cheers, man. Cheers, man.